Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Tonight, um, going to conclude our series on our God of Abundance, and we're going to do it in a special way. Uh, I am going to do it with Steve Bolden. As a matter of fact, we are going to uh, tag team tonight, and uh, he's got some marvelous things to share. And um, I, I want us to. Uh, I'm going to take about ten minutes here, and then. Let him minister to, to you for a while. But then I want us to just finish this series and, uh, with an exclamation point of just us spending some time praying together. And uh, I'd like to lay hands on every person in here tonight and just, just consecrate this word. Yeah. Amen? Amen? And uh, so we'll do, that. we'll do that at the end. But uh, it's 7.30 right now, so we're gonna, we got time to rock and roll. So let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of... Galatians chapter 3, Galatians chapter 3, <clears throat> excuse me, I really enjoyed Lynn's testimony on Sunday morning, and wasn't that marvelous? And there's something I think that when Roxanne shared with us about the testimony that something really was released in our church, unleashed or broken, broke out, and I mean, his, he was already going to share this testimony uh, with us. And then when she got up there, it was just a real confirming word. And then Steve, uh, what he's going to share tonight in, in his messages is, is going to be lots of testimony. And I just really sense that we're going to have more of this in our services. Um, just just your proclamation of what God is doing in your own life. And, and we, need to, we need these proclamations to see what God is doing in each individual life so that we can all be stirred up in our faith and encouraged and built up to know that this is real. Our walk with God is real and His supernatural power is real right now going on in our lives, very active, so that we'll, we'll stay in pursuit of the things of the Spirit and, and not settling for just what this world has to offer, but going after everything that God has for us. And, and that's really what even this series is about, our God of abundance, El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. Why does He present Himself to us this way? Why does He show us this about His character for us to just settle in deal with and cope with life as it comes. No, he has a realm for us to live in of more than enough. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works in us. And remember, there's something that we talked about, and Heather even mentioned it again tonight. It's, it's one thing to know that God is able, but it's another thing to know he's willing. All right? And so every place in the scripture where you see that God has the ability, he is able, you also need to conclude that he's willing. Because he's, he's not just showing us how powerful he is. He's showing us how powerful he is and how powerful he is, he is, powerful he is for us. Amen. Right. Amen. Able and willing. So I just want to finish up tonight my part of this. Just one last look at the blessing of Abraham. It's so important for us to know what this is. You know, more than just realizing that it's a great thing, but living in its experience, living in the experience of this blessing. Galatians 3, 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, which is us, that blessing of Abraham. Well, what is that blessing? What is that blessing? 
So we're going to talk about what that blessing is for a few minutes tonight. And uh, it's a powerful thing. God said, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. That's, that's the crux of the blessing. But there are a few more things in it that we need to look at before we finish up. Um, and that blessing of Abraham transcends the blessing even of the law. Because remember, it starts off, it's interesting that it starts off teaching us that the scripture, if we're going to stay in context, it seems like it should say uh, that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, that the blessing of the law might come upon us. But it doesn't say that. It retroacts us. It takes us back prior to that blessing that was pronounced from the law and says he's redeemed us from the curse of the law, that the blessing of Abraham 430 years prior would come upon us. All right? Now listen to me. This is what's powerful. The blessing of Abraham includes all the blessings that are in the law. So we're not just limited to the blessings that came in the law. The blessing of Abraham got us in all the blessings. Ooh, yeah. So, and in order for that blessing, think about this. In order for that blessing to come to us, my family, Jesus had to die for it. All right, this isn't something that God just chose to give us and, you, you, you know, you can just have this. No, God made a great sacrifice for us to have the blessing of Abraham. And that was the sacrifice of his own son. It, it cost Jesus his own life to bestow upon you and me the blessing of Abraham. So since he died for us to have this, then it is only right for us then to receive it, isn't it? To receive that which he paid for. There's only one way to receive that blessing. By Bring up 14 again. Because that's what it says. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So, that, we have to ask this question then. What is this blessing of Abraham? Christ died for us to have that blessing. Then, I mean, he paid us such a dear price. And we understand that he died for our sins, right? We get that. And we even understand that he died for our healing, right? By his stripes we are healed. But dying for our blessing. That's something that we don't often tap into. But all of that was redemptive work. All of it was through his death. These things came to us. Um, and so what is that blessing? Let's, let's jump over to uh, uh, Genesis 14. I've got about five more minutes. Genesis 14. Part of the blessing was, uh, Genesis 15, 6 says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, right? The blessing of righteousness came with believing God. That's glorious, isn't it? Righteousness or right standing with God. Another part of this blessing is, like I said earlier, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. So, but there's more to this. Genesis 14, and we're going to start in verse 18. Genesis 14, 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed him, that is, he blessed Abram, and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him, that is, Abram gave the priest a tithe of all. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High. 
All right? The blessing of Abraham, I want you to write this down, is the blessing of elevation. The blessing of elevation. Think about it. He said, you are blessed of God most high. You know, the scripture teaches you about the blessing now that has come upon you through Christ Jesus. In the book of Ephesians, it says that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing where? In the heavenly places. It's a blessing of elevation. Praise God. So if you will grab a hold of that, when the priest pronounced this over Abram, he said, you are Abram of God most high. You are day-day of God most high. It's the blessing of elevation. You are William, Sir William, of God most high. You are Raphael of God most high. That's awesome, isn't it? You are Lori of God most high. You are Millie of God most high. It's the blessing of elevation. Marvelous thought, huh? And it's a multi-generational blessing because he is the God of who? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So, oh, one thought on that. You bless with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That the word heavenly means above the sky. If you look that up in the Greek, it means above the sky. So what's cool about this blessing of elevation is the sky is not the limit. The heaven above the sky is the limit, and heaven is limitless in and of itself. <laughs> Woo! So it also means things that take place in heaven. Things that take place in heaven. So let me say it like this. So you are right now blessed with things that take place in heaven. And it's going to take faith in God to live in that realm, that high place, that elevation of blessing. Faith is your access to all that God has for you. Now, verse 19, possessor of heaven and earth. Back to Genesis 14. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. So not only do you have the blessing of elevation, but you also have the blessing of possession. All right, And in this covenant that God made with Abram, uh, this, is, this is chapter 14. Later on in 17, God cut a covenant with Abraham, and that's where he changed his name. That's where he presented himself as God Almighty or Almighty God, El Shaddai. Uh, this is, he, he, there in that covenant, each party gives equal share. So he had Abraham offer up his son in, Acts, in Genesis 22. So therefore, God then could send Jesus and offer up his son, for Abraham and for all those who would believe like Abraham. And so they have equal shares in giving. So in Romans chapter 4, you don't have to turn there. I just want you to listen to this. Verse 13 says, For the promise that he, that is Abraham, would be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now think about this. This verse says, You're blessed of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. Right? So that has the context of that God is the one who possesses heaven and earth, and none of us doubt that, right? But then Romans also says that Abraham would be the heir of the world. So just as God was possessor in heaven and earth, and then he came in covenant with Abraham, then Abraham became possessor of heaven 
and earth. Glorious, glorious, glorious. So since God is the possessor of heaven and earth, so is Abraham. But watch this. Galatians 3 says this. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So since God is the possessor of heaven and earth, then Abraham is the possessor of heaven and earth. Because Abraham is possessor of heaven and earth, you are possessor of heaven and earth. That's what's in this blessing, this blessing of elevation and this blessing of possession. That's good preaching, Pastor. Yeah, I know. So we've been blessed with this blessing of possession. So what is that possession? Your confession is your possession. Turn to somebody and tell them, your confession is your possession. It starts with words first. It starts with your words first. God had to get Abraham to start calling himself Abraham from exalted father to father of the world, right? No children, no evidence of possession, but he had the, pos he had the possession in his confession. Yeah. I am Abraham, father of a multitude of nations, right? No kids to speak of yet, but the substance is found in the words that I am speaking. And I am, this is the building material for what God has promised me. Hallelujah. So contrary to hope, Abraham believed. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. What a glorious, glorious thing. And then the last thing in verse 20 of, uh, of Genesis. And blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. The other part of this blessing is not only elevation and possession, but it is the blessing of dominion. He has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. All right? So this is where Abraham went after Lot because they had kidnapped Lot. And these four kings beat up these five kings and took all their stuff. And then Abraham showed up with his 318 men and rescued his nephew Lot and everybody else that had been kidnapped and beat these four kings, 318 men, 318. Imagine us sending 318 people into World War II. Right? Not a real good representation of a strong military force. Right? But this is what he did. And God was with him. And this is why the priest reminded him, God did this for you. This blessing that's on your life is a blessing of dominion. Your enemy is no match for you because his blessing is upon you. Wow. I will bless you. God says, I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abraham already had, because of the blessing upon his life, anyone that spoke against it, they, that curse that they spoke, that judgment that, that they declared upon him would come back on them. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment shall be condemned. That's that blessing of dominion. You win. Blessing of elevation the blessing of possession, and the blessing of dominion. Amen. Has that blessed you tonight? Hallelujah. Now I want to call upon one of our prestigious board members of One Cause Church, as well as an avid Bible studier, and he is going to come up tonight and bless us with a good message. Let's give a hand for our friend Steve Bolden. You want here? Here. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. 
Well, thank you for allowing me to bring this word tonight, Pastor Eric. The name of this message tonight is simply two words. Everyone here has probably encountered a situation where you just feel like throwing in the towel. Sometimes the whole world comes against you and uh, you feel like anything that you do is going to be wrong. But tonight, tonight, I want to talk about two words that can change everything. These two words can change your relationship with God. These two words can change uh, on the rocks marriage. These two words can change an upside down financial situation. And these two words can change a not so good health report. Now, these two words are uh, contrary to everything that the world might tell you. But these two words are God's response to the enemy's assault on your life. Right now, I hope I've piqued your interest enough to say, get to it. What are those two words? <laughs> those two words are, but God. But God. You know, if the world says yes, I mean, if the world says no, but God says yes. If the world says can't, but God says can. Or if the world says won't, but God says will. The final word is, the bottom line is, but God. And that means it's all over but the shouting. Now, when I was in college, I uh, read Ephesians 4.11 and 4.12, which says, And he gave some to be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers uh, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. And I asked the Lord, I said, really, do I have a place in that five-fold ministry? And after really seeking the Lord, he said, yes, you, you have a ministry as a teacher. And so tonight what I want to present is probably a little bit different than what you've heard me teach before. The illustrations that I'm using uh, are actually testimonies in my life. It's what God's done for me. Uh, it's not about me. It's what Jesus Christ has done for me. Now, everyone here has probably had a but God moment in their life. Romans 5.8 says, But God, while we were, uh, but God demonstrates his own love towards us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now the Message Bible puts it a little bit more bluntly. It says, but God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatsoever of him. You know, God didn't have to save us. It was his love for you that compelled him to provide for salvation. And it had nothing to do with your goodness but it had everything to do with his righteousness. Now, 
a few years ago, I decided to build a fence in the middle of the summer. Not really a wise choice to do for someone that works in an air-conditioned office five days a week, that in the middle of the summer to construct a fence. Well, in three days, I'd lost 18 pounds. I was severely dehydrated, and my kidneys had shut down completely. Uh, after I was hospitalized, Tawana got on, uh, on the phone and started calling people to pray. I know I had over 100 people praying for me. Later, I talked to the nephrologist, and she said, when I first saw you, I knew you would be on dialysis for several months. But God had a different idea. In four days, I'd had three dialysis treatments, and my, and my kidneys were functioning fully. The Psalm 76, 23 says, But my heart and my flesh may fail, but God is my strength and my portion forever. Then a little bit later that year, I was coming home on Central Expressway and involved in a four-car accident. My little Toyota pickup that I was driving looked like an accordion. I told Tawana, I said, I want a new Toyota pickup. Her response was, you better talk to God about it because it's not in our finances. I started praying about it. And the very next day, a gentleman came up and said, Steve, my wife and I appreciate everything you do for us and handed me an envelope. Inside that envelope was more than enough to pay for a new Toyota pickup. You know, when Tuan and I will have been married 41 years in about two weeks, uh, I mean seven weeks, <laughs> I had her panicked. I thought she met, might have forgot about it. But in about seven weeks, <laughs> uh, and it was prophesied at our wedding that we would be blessed financially and materially. And then early in our uh, marriage, it was all, it was, prophesied over us several times, more than once, that God would bless us with handfuls on purpose. Now that phrase I've always held kind of close to my heart, that it comes from the book of Ruth, where Boaz tells, uh, tells his uh, people to leave more grain on the ground for Ruth to harvest handfuls on purpose. Now, I read that in the Amplified Bible here a couple weeks ago, and what stuck out to me, it said handfuls on purpose. Not a handful on purpose, but handfuls on purpose. You know, that's just like our God to prov always provide more than enough. You know, Philippians 4.19 says, but our God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Now, I have um, worked for the company that I work for for almost 40 years now. And I shared with Pastor Eric a little bit earlier uh, this year that I think I'm going to retire at the end of this year. And we discussed, with all this extra time that I should have on my hands, things that I could do to bless One Cause Church. Well, 
that might have upset the enemy a little bit. Just about two and a half weeks after we had that discussion, I came down very sick. Had to go to the doctor for some medicine. The very next week, I got a call from a different doctor. Now, you know it's never good when the doctor himself or herself calls instead of having the nurse call. She gave me some very devastating news. I'll be honest with you, it was news that cut me down to my knees. It was really news that shattered my faith. Immediately, the enemy put his beak right in my ear, and he said, you're going to die. You know, and I thought, I'm 61 years old. I'm too young to die. So, anyway, anyway, I spent the next four nights in bed just planning my funeral. And it, it was a low point in my life. But praise God for my wife and for Pastor Eric. They both ministered to me and where I could discern the spirit of truth from what the uh, lies that the enemy had told me. And I began seeking God. I said, what do you do when your faith has been shattered? And the Lord brought to mind a message that I'd given from this very pulpit about two years ago. And the name of it, ironically, was the sifting of your faith. And it was about Simon Peter when, when the Lord told him that he would deny him before the rooster crowed and what he might have gone through. And one of the points I brought out in that message was, if God brings you to it, God will bring you through it. If God brings you to it, God will bring you through it. And that was the beginning of, of my road back because I had seen what God could do in the past and I knew it wasn't the time to limit God right now. It was time to take the limits off. Then I also recalled a series that Pastor Eric and Pastor John had preached back in 2009. It was called What We Have Become. To me, now it sounds like a, a lot of but God moments. But each week the series started out with one verse. It was 1 John 4.17. Nine little simple words. As he is, so are we in this world. Now, I don't want to get up here and re-preach his, his sermon. But I want to tell you the points. It was a five-week series. I wanted to give you the points and the verses of those five weeks. Because... Uh, to me, that's probably one of the best series that has ever been preached here. First week, or one week, it, Jesus was cursed that we might be blessed. And Pastor Eric's already read that verse uh, tonight, Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law, that having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Then one week it was about Jesus was made sin, that you would be made righteous. Now the verse on that is 2 Corinthians 5.21 that says, For he made him who knew no sin 
to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Then we were told God, uh, Jesus was made the son of man, that we might be made son of God. Be made the son of God. And that comes... Uh, actually comes from Galatians 4, 4 through 7, and actually in Romans also. But in Galatians it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, that he might redeem them who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God hath sent the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Therefore, he's no longer a servant, but a son. And if a son, an heir, also through God. And God, uh, then Jesus was made poor, that you would be made rich. And that's from 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that... Through his poverty, you may become rich. And finally, the word that I'm standing on, Jesus was wounded that you would be healed. That's from Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Now, I've always, I've heard, when does all this happen? And some people will say, well, in the great by and by. That's not true. I just read it a minute ago, 1 John four seventeen. As he is, so are we in this world. It's not in the great by and by, it's in this world. And these are truths that as Christians, we need to hold close to our hearts. Now, I've not really yet seen the confirmation of my but God moment for my current situation. But now I know those nine words, they have so much more meaning. And I know real deep down in my knower that God, that Jesus was wounded for my transgressions. And by his stripes, I'm healed. And I've also heard that God helps those who help themselves. Sounds pretty scriptural, doesn't it? Sounds like it should be in the Bible, probably hidden in Proverbs somewhere. But look as you may, or if you have an electronic Bible, do a search and you won't find it. You know why? It's not really all true. The truth is God helps those who cannot help themselves. And he uses others just like you to do it. You know, every week after... Pastor Eric gets uh, through preaching. We have a group of people up here that pray for each other. Tim and Rachel, Brian and Jan, Jonna, Nathan, they're all up here to pray for you, to pray for your needs. And I think lately I've kind of worn them out. But you know what? It, it's a blessing to have them pray for you because each of them minister to you in a different way. And then I can't forget uh, people like Sister Velma. She prays for the needs of the people every day. And praise God, I'm on her prayer list. 
So I'll tell you, uh, over the last two months, like I said, I've been up here quite a bit, and we've seen victories. I'll tell you, two months ago, I couldn't even walk up here. And uh, Tim or Brian would say, just stay where you are. We'll come to you and pray for you. And now here I am walking up here. Like I said, we have seen the victories, but we're going to see this but God moment all the way through. I've also come to appreciate the, the spoken word a little bit more. Not uh, too long ago, I became associated with a computer company, a small computer company in Memphis, Tennessee. And they employ about 20 people. And when they found out uh, that I was sick, most of them I've never even met. But uh, when they found out I was sick, they sent a big old get well card. And one girl that I'd never met before wrote in big letters, may God wrap his healing hands around you that you get well fast. And then I had a young... Uh, uh, anesthesiologist at the hospital he said you know my grandmother had the same condition and I you know I said a minute ago that I thought 61 years old was a little bit too young to die he said after she found out she lived for 30 years <laughs> and she said he said she didn't die from the condition she was ready to go be with the Lord she died when she was 100 years old so so, you know, Proverbs says a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Some years ago, I, believe it or not, I used to sing in a men's group with eight other men. And we would go to church, different churches and sing and, or hospitals and uh, we would sing downtown McKinney at their Dickens of a Christmas Celebration. And there was one song that we sang that uh, the words just keep coming back to me. Uh, it, the phrase says, I thank him for the storms that he's brought me through. If I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that he could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. So let me ask you, what is your but God situation? Is it healing? Is it finances? Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's something that I've not even spoken of. You know, every time you read in the Bible, but God, you should celebrate because you know that there's a victory right around the corner. Church, it's time. Did you hear me? I said it's time. It's time to take the limits off of God. It's time. It's time that... Uh, that you stand on what you have become. It's time that you take that but God and march right into the enemy's camp and take back what the enemy's stolen from you. You know, it's time that you stop listening to the world's pers perspective. And it's time that you start speaking God's perspective. You know, it's time. It's time to take the limits off. I know I just said that. But someone out there might be saying, hey, God never blesses me that way. Let me tell you, if he does it for me, 
he'll do it for you because he's not a respecter of person. He's, it's time to discover what faith in God can do. And remember, it's not what you've done, it's what God has done for you. You know, if God's brought you to it, then God will bring you through it. You know, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what that means is that the but gods are still abundant for today. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.